Hi, good day and welcome to About Patterson, a podcast about the past, present, and future of our hometown, Patterson, New Jersey. As all Pattersonians know, Patterson was founded by our first Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, in 1791. Hamilton's vision for Patterson was as America's first planned industrial city, but even Hamilton couldn't have seen what Patterson would become. Patterson led the Industrial Revolution where Sam Colt manufactured his first revolvers, John Ryle manufactured America's first silk, Thomas Rogers built the first American locomotives, and John Holland tested the world's first modern submarine. But Patterson isn't just about the Industrial Revolution, it's about us, the people of Patterson. It's about our parents, our grandparents, and our great-grandparents who came to America and settled in Patterson for a better life. We all know Patterson today isn't the Patterson we grew up in, but something is happening that no one saw coming. After decades of decline, a miracle happened. Two Pattersonians, former Mayor Bill Pascrell in the House of Representatives and Frank Lautenberg in the United States Senate, passed a bill that was signed by President Barack Obama, making our Great Falls District a national park, and in my view, changed Patterson's future for the better. This is a podcast about Patterson, the historic Patterson we learned about, the Patterson we grew up in, and the Patterson that, in my opinion, is emerging from the ashes. So thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks again for joining me today for part three of the Judy Kavanaugh murder case of 1966. It seems many of us who are old enough in 66 uh, remember this case. Coincidentally, it was going on at exactly the same time as the Reuben Hurricane Carter, John Artis, Lafayette Grill murders. Last episode, we left off with the strange murder of Gabriel Johnny the Walk DeFranco on his front porch on Fifth Avenue in Patterson. Two days before Johnny the Walk was murdered on his doorstep, a Passaic County grand jury was convened to hear evidence in the murder case of Judy Kavanaugh. The prosecutor's office said discrepancies in the stories of some of the witnesses and the reluctance of some to give full stories to investigators are factors which have led to the decision to bring the case before the grand jury. On October 6th, the grand jury spent five hours with Mrs. Emily Marchione, mother of Judy Kavanaugh. Speculation was that Mrs. Marchione was asked about the state of her daughter's marriage. When she was finished, the prosecutor suggested she wouldn't be back. Others questioned by the prosecutor's office were Mr. and Mrs. Richard Cavanaugh. That's Cavanaugh with a C, no relation, of course, is a different spelling. The downstairs neighbors of Paul and Judy Cavanaugh. Also questioned were Thomas Driscoll, the Clift- a Clifton police patrolman who patrolled the district of the Cavanaugh apartment. He was questioned and also given a lie detector's test by the prosecutor's office. And finally, Harold Matzner, Paul Cavanaugh's friend and employer, was questioned. During the investigation, the prosecutor's office uncovered new and troubling information that was reported in the newspapers. For the first time, the newspapers mentioned a wife-swapping ring involving eight couples, which came to light as a result of the slaying investigation. The wife-swapping group was known as the Lakeview Group because they frequented the Lakeview Tavern on Lakeview Avenue in Clifton. It was believed that the Kavanaugh's participated. 
Then, just two days later, Johnny the Walk DeFranco was murdered on his front doorstep. On Saturday, October 8th, the morning call reported, Judy Link found. The Judy Cavanaugh murder investigation took another bizarre twist yesterday when photographs of a central figure in the grand jury probe turned up in the pocket of Gabriel DeFranco, a suspected counterfeiter slashed to death on a Patterson Street. This discovery would move the Judy Kavanaugh investigation in a whole new direction. By October 15th, the prosecutor's office and the grand jury had heard from more than 100 witnesses, and they were saying that they were closer to springing a legal trap on the individuals they consider responsible for the murder of Judy and the disposition of her body. On October 20th, the morning call reported, that the grand jury would hear from two mystery witnesses, a man and a woman, who were reported to possess vital information about the circumstances surrounding the murder of Judy Kavanaugh. The article went on to say, an unidentified male and a 20-year-old Clifton woman, both kept under protective wraps to ensure their safety, were among 12 witnesses heard yesterday by the Passaic County Grand Jury in Patterson probing the death of Judy Kavanaugh. Both witnesses were reported to possess vital information about the circumstances surrounding the murder. The woman was thought to have a connection with one of the principals in the case. Interestingly, once again, Harold Matzner was at the courthouse, but he did not testify. Another witness, Erwin Schmidt, owner of a dry cleaning business, testified about a raincoat brought to him by Paul Cavanaugh's downstairs neighbor, Richard Cavanaugh, for cleaning. In all, 27 witnesses had appeared before the grand jury. On October 27th, the morning call headline on their front page read, Judy Case Alibi Shaken. A key witness appearing before the Passaic Grand Jury in Patterson, may have shattered the alibi of the prime suspect in the murder of Judy Kavanaugh. Sources close to the lead prosecutor revealed that there will be a first-degree murder indictment and two accessory indictments against two other principals. The names of these prime suspects were not revealed. Regarding the wife-swapping allegations, Richard Kahlo, owner of the Lakeview Inn on Lakeview Avenue in Clifton, spent one and a half hours before the grand jury. It was believed he testified about the detailed movements when Judy's Corvair was driven to Newark and the time her body was dropped off near the Garden State Parkway. The Morning Call reported, It is believed that the chief prosecutor, Thevos, knows the identity of the killer knows who was present, knows why the 21-year-old housewife was killed, and who aided in the disposing of her body. On October 28th, the morning call reported, Manslaughter offer turned down. Passaic County Prosecutor John Thevos has rejected an offer on the part of a principal suspect in the Judy Kavanaugh murder case to plead guilty to manslaughter, the morning call learned yesterday. Apparently, an offer was made by the attorney of one of the unnamed prime suspects in the case. It's my guess that prime suspect was Paul Cavanaugh. But as of October, the names of the prime suspects had not been released. 
Thevos rejected the offer because he felt the evidence produced by the grand jury testimony during the four weeks would result in a first-degree murder indictment against that prime suspect, plus accessory indictments against two men believed to have aided in moving the dead woman's body to the ravine near the Garden State Parkway. Some of this evidence came from Geraldine Malik, a friend of Paul Cavanaugh, who had information that established the motive for the murder. William Cushion, the man who spotted Judy Cavanaugh's burning Corvair in Newark, may have had additional information about a car leaving the scene. And then there were three neighbors in the garden apartments who may have seen a large bulky item, like a rug containing a body, being carried from the Cavanaugh apartment. Just a few days later, on November 3rd, Paul Cavanaugh was once again called before the grand jury, along with a man called named Robert Ling. Ling was a search, the circulation manager for Matzner Publishing. Then on November 8th, another twist. Morning Call reporter Everett Harvey reported that he had received a typed letter outlining who killed Judith Cavanaugh, where she was killed, how she was killed, and why she was killed. The letter was turned over to the Passaic County prosecutor and then forwarded to the FBI for analysis in identifying the writer of the letter. On December 1st, after 61 witnesses had testified before the grand jury, some of them multiple times, the morning call headline read, Kavanaugh jailed for wife's death. Paul Kavanaugh was arrested yesterday for the murder of his wife, Judith. Also arrested but charged with giving false information and false swearing were Richard and Judith Cavanaugh, downstairs neighbors of Paul and his wife, Judith. Detectives are still looking for a fourth person. Paul's employer, Harold Matzer, will be charged with obstructing justice. Superior Court Judge Morris Pashman refused to allow bail. Thanks for joining me today. Next week, we'll pick up with the trials of Paul Cavanaugh, downstairs neighbors Richard and Judith Cavanaugh, and Harold Matzner. Thanks again. Have a great week.